we live in such a tech-driven world, it can be easy to sit and stare at the screen and to find yourself lost in the whole world on your screen when your children are right in front of you, maybe even just ready to play a game or do something with you to talk with you. So today, we're going to be talking about having a healthy approach to technology use. And uh, I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our Focus on the Family Parenting team. And Danny, how much time is, let's say, the average parent spending on his or her phone? Yeah, I looked this up recently just to see the most recent ones, especially yeah. after COVID. Uh, what, ha- what impact has that had on the phone use? And it's three hours and 15 minutes the average person spends on their phones. And, uh, in any given day, three in any given day, hours Three hours, plus. 15 minutes. And then wow. one out of five spend about four and a half hours or more on their phone. So a lot of time mm. is spent on that phone. And that was, it was designed that way. It was designed to <laughs> keep you in the phone, yeah. right, John? And so that, that's a big challenge for many parents today. Well, I think all of us struggle with uh, looking at the phone and thinking it'll just be a minute or two, and then, oops, it's 10 or 15 or 20 minutes. And uh, so this is an important conversation we're about to listen to. Focus President Jim Daly and I spoke with Courtney Ellis, who's the mom of young kids, and she was very transparent about her own struggles with technology. Let me ask you a practical question on digital stuff. I mean, parents, it's probably the number one concern that parents have today is screen time, phone, everything like that. Um, Speak to that problem of digital distraction and why you believe technology really is the enemy of discipleship. Yeah, I think our our technology has vastly outpaced our ethics. (laughs) We're Mm. playing catch up with it all the time. And so... What our kids learn about technology, they learn from us. They learn from their friends at school and their teachers and all of that, but they see us more than they see them. And so I think one of the best things we can do as parents is put a limit around our use of technology. So do they see us on our phones at mealtime? Do we take a digital Sabbath once a week? My husband and I have a very strict, okay, the phone is away yeah. for, for one day a week. And we try to do that also for one week a year. We we try to model that. And our kids also know now that they can call us out. You know, yeah. my son will say, mommy, I know it's a stoplight, but you're on your phone, you know, and, and I'll have to say like, I'm getting directions. It's like, okay, you know, the, the family can help each other in yeah. that way, but how we model it is deeply That's important. really good. Gene was terrific at no phones at the table. Yeah. I mean, they go in on the counter. You can charge them during dinner, but no phones during dinner. And the boys were good with it. They really didn't put up a fight. It yeah. was pretty understood, I guess, yeah. that, you know, we're going to sit and talk and connect with each other. And did you have something like that? No. Yeah, always. I mean, the, the, uh, the technology really kind of blew up for our kids and became pervasive when our oldest was about 14 or 15. Yeah. And then every younger child just expects it sooner and sooner. Well, that's true. Uh, along those lines, Courtney, I think it's um, important for you to speak to those parents who are looking online at social media and comparing yeah. Because there's a lot of danger for us and that isn't there. Yeah, comparison can really be a thief of joy. And the photo on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media, it never looks like real life, right? They've scooted the laundry basket out of the way and they wiped the jam off the child's face. And so I think remembering that that's a curated snapshot and not reality. And that's one of the things I try to do in my books and in my own social media is give the glimpse behind the curtain of this is what the morning really went like. (laughs) We, We did devotions in April of 2020 with our children and posted a picture. We're all sitting around the piano and someone said, oh, that's such a beautiful. And I said, no, no, 
no, no, let me tell you how this really went. You know, the, the, the oldest child had fallen off the piano bench three times. The three-year-old thanked God for poop, right? Like it was not, it didn't go well <laughs> at all. Or used it as, you know, watercolors or whatever. Right? It was, but the fact was we showed up and Jesus showed up and it was, it was messy, but it was holy in its yeah. messiness. And that's what parenting is. Yeah. And so if our goal is this aspirational, beautiful, perfect life, um, we don't have the right goal. The goal needs to be faithfulness. Yeah. It's a good axiom to just lighten up. Yeah. That's always a good thing. And let me ask you, uh, you mentioned your stories about bedtime and how they typically ended up being the greatest fight of the day was bedtime. Mm. I guess, describe what bedtime looked for you. Paint that picture for us. Bedtime, man. Bedtime's so hard. Bedtime by bedtime, you you're didn't exhausted. strap them in and just you're, shut the lights off. Wouldn't that be so great? <laughs> that would be so great. That's a joke, by the way. Yeah, everybody. They, you're tired. They know you're tired. Maybe you've been super patient all day, but that hour before bed is so tricky. And suddenly, your child, who's a bundle of energy, is a sloth getting to the bathroom to brush their teeth. And so I connected the spiritual discipline of service with bedtime, and not service as in enabling my kids, doing everything for them. Our oldest would love to just stand there and have me brush his teeth. And I was like, no, 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 you can do this. Yeah. Um, but remembering the ways that God serves us. And so the symbol of service in the Bible is often the towel, Jesus washing his mm-hmm. disciples' feet. And we often ended our day with a bath time. Mm-hmm. So what did it mean to focus in on how God served me as I served my children? Um, I had to put my phone away for the entire hour, which was harder than it should have been, but very effective. And together, my husband and my kids and I learned how to serve each other and how to be a little bit more patient. And if you read that chapter, sometimes it went super well. (laughs) Other times it absolutely did not. But it was the spirit of serving my kids, trying to serve my kids with the love of Jesus rather than just the drudgery of the end of the day. So here's a real practical one. How did you manage, mommy, I want more water. We just put that and sippy five cup minutes with the later. lid right in the bed. They sleep with that water cup. That's the how sippy you fix cup. that. Yep. There it is. Yep, cup Enjoy. with the lid right in the bed. That, that one, that's one of the only tips I have. Well, Danny, going back to what Courtney said about managing technology, what are some of the recommendations that you give um, so we don't uh, let the phone consume all the oxygen, all of our time? Right, John. Uh, what Courtney said is so, so helpful for us to consider and think about, not only for ourselves, but for our homes, the culture of our home. And as parents, we get to set that, including with technology and entertainment. It begins with our own impulses and desires to be on the phone, to shop on the phone, to uh, text work uh, on the phone. There could be many productive things that can be done on the phone, but then you have to say no to other things. And many times that's a relational connection. We've talked about bits for connection, those invitations that we've got. And the phone blocks that. They've actually said that we have less smiling behaviors now as human beings because of the phones. Because we're looking down. Uh, We're looking down and less smiling behaviors, less desire to smile to one another. And uh, test that out, John. Next time you're out walking around, smile around, see if you get some smiles back. Nobody's going to notice, Danny. They're all looking (laughs) at their phones. Yeah, so some practical tools. One is to have clear guidelines. Have a contract. Have... Uh, clear spaces where there is going to be no phone unless there's a negotiable within that. So let's say at the dinner table, non-negotiable. Maybe in the car there's a negotiable if you're looking up restaurants or other things that you you need to go to. Those are wonderful places for conversation. The car and then the dinner table. 
Uh, another one is right before bed. Many teenagers, many kids, they want to have the phone while they're going to sleep. And they'll say, oh, I just want some music or other things. It can be super distracting. And it actually works opposite in getting them to sleep and can really be damaging to their uh, mental health because they miss out on the important mental health sleep, which is really between the hours of 9-ish to 12-ish mm. at night. That's where your brain's repairing, and they miss out on that being on the phone. And there are many temptations. As we know, self-control goes way down, yeah. and you're needing that sleep. So talk openly about the why behind the boundaries and limits, and, uh, and then model that. When you're at the dinner table, don't pull out the phone. Just have people wait. When you're driving, make sure you're not pulling out the phone. Uh, because your kids will notice that and will watch how you handle the phone mm-hmm. while you're driving when they start to drive themselves. And then uh, maybe consume some technology entertainment together as a family. Make that something you do as a collective family instead of all the time alone. And there are many tools out there to help you uh, navigate the amount of time, the filtering, make sure you research that, take time to do so. We have plugged in as a resource here at Focus on the Family and many articles on our uh, focus on, on parenting.com page uh, where we talk about uh, some practical limits that you can put in the home, but also practical tools you can access and use mm-hmm. that will help make your time as a parent in this, in this area uh, better and more effective. Yeah, yeah, there's no shortage of good resources. So stop by our website. We'll link over to uh, a few things, including Plugged In. That's our media and entertainment review team. They do great work, and uh, they do the heavy lifting for you. Uh, we have a free article called The Great Smartphone Debate by Arlene Pellicane, which addresses how you can make good choices about your children's uh, phones and their usage of those phones. Uh, so check the show notes out for those. And then, uh, if you can, make a donation to the work of Focus on the Family. Um, even a monthly gift of 5 or $10 uh, is a terrific way to support the work that we're doing, enable us to make podcasts like this, and help us to help families around the world, literally. So uh, donate today, and we'll send a copy of Courtney Ellis's book, Almost Holy Mama, Life-Giving Spiritual Practices for Weary Parents. It's a really encouraging resource, and uh, we've got details about it and how you can get a copy of it in the show notes. Courtney joins us again next time to discuss more on ways to serve God. And for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and our entire staff, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Smalley. And I'm Erin Smalley. Marriage is an amazing gift from God, but it can also be a challenge sometimes. That's right. We could all use a little guidance. And that's why we started our podcast, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We talk about things like recognizing conflict cycles, dealing with stress, and how to grow your love each day. Listen at crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We can't wait to see you there.